Hi church, so great to be with you. Um, we're still digital, but it's so um, we're so thankful that we have these opportunities and these moments to to be formed and shaped as a community. Even though we are in the height of the dog days of winter, we know that spring is coming regardless of what the groundhog says. We uh, we know that this time and this space is even temporary and limited and that good is on the horizon. And just to let you know, next week we're gonna start a new series. Next week we're gonna enter into a whole new season as a church, it's the Lenten season where we observe and walk with Jesus as he approaches the cross and his crucifixion and pouring out his life for the sins of the world and for the redemption of all of humanity. And so this week is our last series, our last sermon in this series, um, Seek First. And we wanted to start this year saying that we as a community and individually want to seek God first and foremost for every area of our life and that his kingdom would reign in us and rule our decisions and our thought patterns and our desires. And so today, um, I think this is an in-season word, and what that means is I think that this is appropriate for us right now, right in this place. And though it, it is winter, I do believe that this word will um, cause our roots to go deep into the person, into the way of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so let me read the text for us today. It's a really short text. It comes out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 6. Um, the words will be on the screen. This is the words of Jesus. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This is the word of the Lord. And so this, this, this passage comes from what we call Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We've talked about this before. It's one of his most famous sermons where he stands on the mount and he tells people what God's like, what his kingdom's like, and what the people inside his kingdom look like and what motivates them. And in this passage right here within this sermon is what we called the B attitudes and what and what it means in big picture is that things will ultimately be okay for those who seek God's kingdom first. And so it kind of goes like this. We, we don't know what the future holds, but the best thing we can do is seek first God, is seek God's face because he is the one who holds the future in his hands. These, these Beatitudes... Are, they describe the, the foundational character and the family characteristics of Jesus' followers. And these are the things that Jesus wants to be at work within us, these be attitudes. And he says that we would be a people who hunger and thirst. A people who hunger and thirst. And for me, I'm like, Jesus, man, this is actually this is actually one that's very descriptive of me. I feel like I've got this category down really, really well. Hungering and thirsting is what I do, is what I, is what I stay. 
like I, you can relate to this. Our culture definitely can relate to this, both literally and metaphorically, right? We we use these words and these terminologies all the time. Like we use it in sports and at work that that we want people that are hungry to win, that are that are hungry to to dominate, that are eager that are eager to compete. Like you know, we have book series and movies called The Hunger Games. I mean, it's it's something that permeates our, our culture. And if, I mean, you are a human being and we hunger, we thirst. There's some of us that woke up this day thinking, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. And what and planning what we're going to eat and drink before we even step out of the bed. And most of us don't have a problem with that desire of being hungry and thirsty. And what I believe Jesus is saying, what I believe to be true is that hunger is a gift. See, what hunger does is it lets you know that you need something, that something is missing, that something is lacking, that something that you, that you were made for is needed in your life. Hunger can lead you to places of life. It can lead you to the, the right places. It can lead you to fulfill the thing that your soul and your body most desperately longs for. Especially if our hunger is directed in the right way. Especially if it's rightly directed. See, hunger has to do with our appetite. And Jesus says, the appetite that he's looking for in his people are people who hunger and thirst for righteousness. See, right, righteousness simply means this, the act of doing what God requires. It's <laughs> righteous that people hunger and thirst for doing what God requires, doing what is right. A people who hunger and thirst for, for righteousness to happen in the world. That people who hunger and thirst to doing what's right, both for themselves and societally. See, according that we want to do things that are right, we want to see things right in our world according to God's standard. So in other words, that righteousness means justice. That we hunger and thirst for justice. We hunger and thirst for things to be made right. Author and theologian Esau, Esau Macaulay says this in his book, Reading While Black. He says, hungering and thirsting for justice is nothing less than the continued longing for God to come and set things right. It is a vision of the just society established by God that does not waver in the face of the evidence of the to the contrary. I I thank God for all the people who have come before me, who have come before my family and allowed their hunger and thirst for a just society to direct their lives, to push them to action regardless the cost. Martin Luther King Jr. says this, I still believe that standing up for the truth of God is the greatest thing in the world. This is the end of life. The end of life is not to be happy. The end of life is not to achieve pleasure and avoid pain. The end of life is to do the will of God, come what may. God tells 
the prophet Micah to do justice and to love mercy. He means to act right, to live in accordance to God's justice and righteousness in the world, that the people of God would govern and live in this type of way, to live in the way of God that's just and that's right and that sets things right and to love mercy and do that far above and beyond everything else. This is what her calling is. And this is what we're standing on. We're standing on the shoulders of men and women of the generations who poured out their lives to see a society that lives and functions in a way that where God is king. And Jesus, this is his call to us that we would seek first his kingdom that we would direct our hunger in this direction because if we misguide our hunger and what we hunger and thirst for, we end up empty. Martin Lloyd-Jones, author and and pastor, um, he says this, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness. What does it mean? Let me put it negatively like this. We are not to hunger and thirst after blessedness. We are not to hunger and thirst after happiness. But that is what most people are doing. We put happiness and blessedness as the one thing that we desire. And thus we always miss it. It always eludes us. According to the scriptures, happiness is never something that should be sought directly. It is always something that results from seeking something else. Church, like we want to be the people who seek the right thing, that that is in the right order, the right priority, and that we will the one thing, that we are aligning our heart's motivation with God, and that's where the blessed are those comes in. We are blessed when we align our hearts with the King of Heaven, because we seek a God who sits on the throne of righteousness and justice. And our joy, our happiness, is tied to God making things right in the world. See, if God is making things right in the world, that means his kingdom, his rule and reign is being established. Amen? And so, our hunger, our, our, our thirst our entrances for God to break his kingdom into our world. So when we are in a city and we bring our collective hunger for God to restore, when we put our lives on the line, those are the places that God enters in. So, therefore, our hunger matters. Like, and what we hunger and thirst for matters. See, God, he fills us according to the level of our hunger. So in a sense, he's saying, come hungry. I remember on on Christmas breaks from college, I would go up to to Connecticut and visit family and and my my Jamaican side of the family. They feed you really well. And my aunt would always say, like, make sure you come hungry. Don't eat any junk along the way. Like, like. And don't come here and act like you're not hungry. See, Jesus, in the same way, wants us to bring our real 
hunger to him, that our hunger is attractive to him and he knows what we need and he wants to feel it. See, when, see, when, I'm, when I'm really hungry and I allow my, to, my hunger and I recognize and allow it to have its way, I don't care what people think. I don't let anything get in my way. I do what I have to do. I will spend what I have to spend and I will pursue relentlessly for that satisfaction. And Jesus wants us to be just as passionate about his kingdom coming to earth. Because he wants to satisfy us. He wants to meet us. He wants to reveal himself to the world. See, we have people in the city, like people in the world around us who desperately need the justice of God, who desperately need the nearness of God, who desperately need the power of God in their lives. And if our hunger for, for rescue, salvation, and dignity, and for things to be made right in the world is suppressed, then there's no filling. And, and I know I know for you, I know for so many of us that there are times when things seem too overwhelming. Where the, the, the things that are wrong in this world seem completely out of our power to fix and they just seem humanly hopeless. And I know for some of us the temptation is just to stuff that hopelessness, to stuff the, the weight of the pressure of the things that are broken in this world and stuff it to the side. And what I want to implore us today is to let the things that are broken in this world break our hearts. And then we let our heartbreak turn into hunger. And we take that hunger to God. We take that heartbroken hunger for things to be made right. And we take it to God. We use it to pursue his face. We take a page from the Seraphonician woman and we bow at the feet of Jesus. And we say, even crumbs from your table will suffice, Lord. And hunger may not be neat or measured or, or calculated or put together, but that's what hungering and thirst does. It pushes us to pursue regardless of decorum or cultural norms because desperation is met by the power of God. And when we're desperate, we will reach out, we will pursue. And I think God is saying that hunger and that thirst, that energy, take it for the sake of the world. And here's the difference between hunger and famine, that hunger has an opportunity being met. That God is saying, I'm not asking you to have a hunger that can't be met. There's, there's resources here. You have a resource in God. You have a resource in the person of Jesus. It wouldn't be a gift if it couldn't be satisfied. And so the gift is leading us to the person of God. Jesus says, those who hunger and thirst will be filled. One commentator says that this word will be filled. This phrase is a very strong and graphic word. It's originally, originally applied to the feeding and fattening of animals in a stall. 
you saying like this, this fill is not just a little small portion. It's not like a tap. It's like the appetizer thing. Like if you bring your hunger to God, he will fill you to capacity. Like our desire to know him, our hunger to, for eternity, our hunger for rescue, our hunger for our family's deepest needs to be met, our hunger for our neighbors to know God, for the sick to be well, for those on the margins to be brought into a place of dignity and right standing, our hunger for corrupt systems to be fixed, he says, can be filled and will be filled. Another way of translating shall be filled is shall be saturated. Jesus told the woman at the well that he has a fountain of life that would never run dry. In John 4, 14, it says, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a fount of water springing up to eternal life. Jesus saying that I, if I feed you, if you come to me for your deepest needs, I will give you things that will never run dry, that will actually satisfy your deepest longings. The psalmist says that, that God leads him beside quiet waters and that God refreshes his soul. Listen, I don't, I don't know where you are right now. You might be overflowing in God's goodness and in God's nearness. And if so, God bless you. Be a blessing to others. If you feel like a dried up well or cistern, if you feel so dry and thirsty, I just want to let you know that God promises that this is not the end and that he longs to fill you. And that his activity in your life is not done. It's not over with. The times that we're living in the barrenness that we see in our world is not the end of God's activity. That he's calling for the hungry and the thirsty and the desperate to direct their hearts, cry towards him so that he can fill. Listen, Jesus wants to pastor your soul. He wants to lead you. He wants to lead us to a place of restoration. Reach out to God in the dryness. Use your hunger pangs to cry out. Lift your cry. Lift your voice. Lift your hunger towards God for things to be made right, for the lonely to find community, for, the tr for those who experience trauma to experience peace, those that experience betrayal to find friendship, for those that, found, that have feel lost or experienced loss to be found and reunited and healed and that cries would be redeemed and that systematic injustice and racism and divides in the church, that those walls will be torn down and healed by the work and the reconciliation power of Jesus. So this is not a season to ignore our hunger. This is not a season to ignore our pain. This is not the season to ignore our thirst. The psalmist says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Listen, don't ignore your hunger and thirst because it is a gift. 
And that gift can lead us to the source of life. Because God himself wants to satisfy and bring us life. One writer says this, to put it simply, food tastes better when you're hungry. God has put a hunger in us, not for us to feel shame, not for us to feel bad, not for us to condemn ourselves. He puts a hunger in us to heat up the pursuit of his presence, to heat up the pursuit of seeking his kingdom. So if you feel hungry right now, if you feel thirsty right now, like look at that as the work of the spirit inside of you to press in after God, if you are broken over the things that are going on in the world around us, that is the Spirit of God working in you to align your heart with Him, to pray His kingdom to come in those areas and to pour our lives out for the world. So this is about staying hungry. Church, let's be a hungry church. Let's come anticipating God to show up and fill us with all that he has. He is the source of bread and life and water and healing. And his kingdom is here and is at hand. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you that you meet us in our longings. You know our hearts, God. I pray that this church, that our church would be the hands and feet of Jesus, that we will be a refreshing spring of life to our city to our state, to our world, and that we would be known as people who had been with you. And so God, bring your kingdom, fill us with your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you are alone, or if you're with people in your household, or your CG, or Michael Church, I just want to encourage you to, to take communion. If you have some grape juice, or wine, or bread, or crackers, whatever, take it break it, dip it. And remember, this is Jesus' body broken. His blood is shed for you. Jesus said in John that he is the bread of life and whoever comes to him will never hunger. Whoever believes in him will never thirst. And so the body and the blood of Jesus broken and shed for you. And we will feast one day in the new heavens and the new earth with Jesus, the river of life. So before we leave, let me just say a benediction over you. Go now to the service of God's people near and far, refreshed by the living water that Jesus offers to you. Listen for the parched voices of the least of these. Search out the dry places and the arid souls and become for them a spring of living water. And as you go, May the blessings of the God of life, the Christ of love, and the Spirit of grace be upon you this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed week. And just know, church, that we are praying for you, that we are here for you. We have prayer Thursday mornings. We're going to do, we're going to do more things together as a church over this next season. So if you need anything, you need to get plugged in, please do not hesitate to reach out. God bless you.